Hello, my friend, and welcome to today's episode of the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Michelle. I am a mindset makeover coach for women, and I love helping women overcome negative mindsets and cultivate godly confidence so that they can be free to enjoy the life that God has given them and not be stuck in these places of I can't get ahead. I can't do what I want. God wants me to do. I love helping women with that. So in today's episode, we're having a continuation of the conversation that we had in our last episode, episode 126. We were talking about the hustle mentality, and I had shared my story of how I had nearly lost my life four years ago to the hustle mentality. This week is the anniversary, well, there was two weeks that I was in the hospital. So this week that this goes live is the second week of that anniversary time four years ago. And I'm grateful for that time because it was the impetus that changed me. Finally, it was a gift from God, even though it was so painful to go through, literally physically painful. And of course, mentally and spiritually, a huge battle. And God has brought so much transformation from it. It's just been the basis of why I became a neuro coach. It's the basis of why I feel so strongly like I want to help women get out of this mindset And so today I'm sharing further about this by sharing some confessions, confessions of someone like me who has been a workaholic or maybe who might be still stuck in it, if that's you, and who still struggles with perfectionism. These are things that I've struggled with most of my life. And although I feel like God has brought so much healing, there's still things that still linger in me. There's still temptations that I have. It's like if I was to break my ankle, which honestly, I have broken my ankle a couple of times. If I was to then do something that was a high impact sport that would require me to be jumping a lot, there was a high propensity that I could break my ankle again, because there's a weakness in my ankle. So even though we find healing, even though God brings great restoration, these are still targeted areas that the enemy can attack us in and we can be tempted by. So I'm sharing with you some confessions from my own journal of what it's like to live inside the head of a workaholic. I'm a perfectionist. I'm sharing these because I want you to feel like you're not alone. If you feel like this, we don't talk about this enough. We just talk about working harder, doing better, being our best. And those are important, but sometimes if that gets twisted, that can cause all kinds of problems. And as you heard in my story, even potentially take your life. So I want to talk to you today about some of these things so that you can not feel so alone, that you can help maybe better understand yourself if you find yourself in this situation, and that you can, we can just dialogue together about it and to get some of this out in the open. So just quickly, I wanted to recap from last week's episode in case you didn't miss it, but I encourage you to listen to it because it's the full story of what happened to me four years ago, episode 126. Um, I grew up as an anxious kid and dealt with that anxiety by wanting to achieve and perform and make people like me. And so spent the bulk of my life working really, 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 really hard to get A's, to get ahead, to be the captain of this, to achieve that. And all of that resulted in me being extremely dysfunctional in how I took care of myself to the point where I was sleeping four hours a night. I was never taking any sort of rest, just completely burning the candle at both ends. And that resulted in a massive medical crisis called a, a, for me, it was a vertebral artery dissection in both of my vertebral arteries, which are these arteries in the back of your neck. And that nearly took my life. It was, that's a condition that a lot of people have died from just the dissections themselves. But I had several strokes afterwards, 
which the Lord brought me through and didn't leave any lasting damage. So even technically we can't call them strokes, but he carried me through all of that. And through that process, he completely rewrote my life because I wasn't listening. I wasn't listening to the voices of other people who said I was not working too hard, that I needed to let some things go, that I needed to find ways to take care of myself. I just thought that I was superwoman and I could do it all and that I didn't need to take care of myself and it was wrong. And if I did that, then I couldn't do these other things. And these other things made me feel good. And so I had all kinds of dialogues. So now four years later, after God has slowly been rebuilding me um, based on the mindset, I, I, I began to understand the mindsets of why I was stuck there. And that was my impetus and starting point. And just God has been doing so much work and literally has built this whole ministry around the work that he's done in me and the training that I've been able to get as a neuro coach. So I want to now share with you four years later as someone, like I said, who I consider myself a recovering workaholic, a recovering perfectionist, but who still from time to time has that basic wiring that is tends to want to go that direction if she's not, but now the difference is, of course, I have the boundaries in place. I have the subconscious brain priming that I've done that, that makes it a lot less strong than it used to be. And I'm cultivating a different sort of mindset every single day. So it's still there, but it's definitely not nearly as invasive in my life and controlling as it used to be. So I'm going to, as I look at these things, I'm going to alternate between reading what I wrote down in my journal and going to share a little bit of feedback, just kind of talk through it. So here's what I wrote this first part. There's that moment we come to as workaholics. It's where we have a task in front of us that we want to accomplish, but we know it's going to take a push, but there's this high in getting it done. There's a surge of dopamine in this. Look what I did despite the odds. This is a very dangerous place to be, right? Because when I begin to peel this back for me, I realized that what it really was, was pride that I thought, look what I can do if I push myself to the edge. Look what I can accomplish. And is that really the voice of God in me? That sounds like the voice of pride. That's not being satisfied with how God made me to be. It's continually having to prove myself to be good enough. And there is that high. That's what's tricky about this is that we do feel good when we accomplish things. That's the reality, especially if we are wired to achieve, like I am as a type three on the Enneagram. This is how I'm motivated to work hard, to get stuff done, to make others happy. This is part of my wiring. And so it's very interesting that those things can be good things or like the enemy does with all things, he takes the good things and he twists it and makes it an evil perspective on it. So there is that surge that comes, but it's, we, we have to decide. I've had to decide even today. I literally had to make some decisions about how to work the rest of this day and the rest of this week because of how I've been feeling, because I know I've been pushing myself this week. I know that I have to say no to some opportunities and to push some things to another week because it's not going to be healthy for me in the long run. And there's still that temptation to say, oh, just push through. Oh, you're going to be fine. So there is still this battle that rages in us, but it's a quiet one, right? Nobody really hears it but us, all right? So here's something else I wrote. We imagine others will see us in a better light because of accomplishing this thing or doing this thing, which is ridiculous. 
And some of the lies we tell ourselves are, oh, oh it's only going to take a second. Really, is it going to take that long? And it's like these, our own good, innovative ideas threaten to take us down one bit at a time. It's more than the singular task itself. It really is about feeding this inner hole inside of us that promises this time, this task is going to make us happy. It's this inner hole that we're trying to fill. We tell ourselves, oh, if I just, I'm just going to go run this little thing, or I'm just going to go do this quick thing. It's only going to take like five minutes. And it's like, is it? (laughs) And okay, say maybe you do it, but then you get to the end of that and you're like, oh, well, maybe I can also do this. And maybe I can also do that. And before you know it, you're finding yourself just like stuck with the gas pedal down. That's the only way that I can describe it. And that's how I get myself into these times of over-functioning where it's just the gas pedal is down. And I'm like, oh, I don't think we need to beat ourselves up for that. In fact, I don't beat myself up for that when that happens. I just am grateful when God shows me that because I'm like, I don't want to go back to the way I was. And I see this as a sign that once again, like we're all sinners, we're going to keep (laughs) committing sins, even though we're continually growing in righteousness and growing in godliness, there's still going to be that little bit left of the old man in us that keeps us from being fully perfect in Christ until we get to heaven. So there's this part of us that we're struggling, we're battling against, and we have to recognize these little things that we think are going to try to solve it. And sometimes I think, Really, I have to have this talk with myself. Like, really, Alicia, do you really think that people are going to be happier with you or that you're going to feel so much more accomplished, which is really the, usually the thing that I feel like, oh, I'll just feel so much better about my to-do list if I just do this right now. Or if I just work on Saturday, then I won't have to worry about it next week. And so compromising those boundaries, right? Without, I don't, that can lead to just this, this place of let's before I know it, I'm back working every Saturday again, like I was when I got sick. So this is just that battle that goes on with us. And what is really interesting about this, when we think about this time, this task, this thing is going to make me happy. What is that? The root of that? What does that sound like? It sounds like pride, but it also sounds like something else. Addiction. If you think about an alcoholic, if you think about somebody who has to have that next hit, they think only this one time, I'm only going to do it this once. And it's everything's going to be better if I do this, or I'm going to stop after this. That's addiction. And of course, you know, we're not called to be addicted to anything outside of continually wanting to grow and be like Christ. So there's a great episode I did recently with Amanda Anderson, who is a recovering alcoholic and who has written a Bible study on addiction. And she talks very honestly about being an addict and what that's like, what that mentality is like. And I'm the first to admit that when it comes to workaholism, I am an addict. I am addicted to work. So I encourage you to check out that episode. I will put it in the show notes as well for you to look at and listen to because If this is resonating with you, she has some great points in there about what we can do to move past that and how God wants us to live differently. All right, here's another part that I'm going to read. I have learned to identify and quiet that voice, meaning the voice of, well, what if you just did this? What if you just did that one little thing, right? I've learned to identify and quiet that voice. I have my tricks, my boundaries, my accountability partners, much like an alcoholic has to learn his tricks to be sober. Yet that voice never dies. It has been so woven into the fabric of my thinking that I continually have to make sure it's kept in its place. I have done inner subconscious 
brain priming work, getting to the root of why these thoughts are there and reprogramming them to be in line with the truth. And that truly has been the most helpful work I've done to overcome my perfectionist workaholic mindset, because now my mind's able to absorb God's truth about my worth and ability to be enough. And this is why I'm so passionate about my work and helping other women have these inner transformations through the combination of biblical and brain science principles. But I would be lying if I said I wasn't ever tempted by it, tempted to work harder. It's not that I'm trying to prove anything now, which is different than it was. I am confident in who I am and in what makes me whole. The temptation now comes from the high of achieving itself. In a world, this is really the crux of it for me, in a world where so much feels unfair and out of control, pushing myself beyond my limits feels like I can do something to change a situation. It's a control issue, friends. This has been the biggest temptation for me when I have been walking through challenging seasons. Um, We are walking through a season right now where my husband is out of work. He was laid off due to some stuff regarding COVID. And so there have been many times when I have tried to swoop in and try to fix things and try to, whether it's related to the job or not, just fix things in my life, other things where I've been trying to, you know, it's it's not bad to to change or to be different, but to the point where it's like, God needs to be the one to do that in his time. And he needs to be the one to fix it. You know, there's only so much that I can do where, and then God has to step in. But I've found that that workaholism is starts to rise up because I'm like, I have no control over when this will happen. I have no control over how it will happen. And, you know, for something as core as like, your provision, that's that's a very core need that without even realizing it, we can take try to manage. And so really it is a control thing for me now. And that feeling of it's 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 very easy when you're in these these stages to feel like to feel depressed and like you're not in control. But we have to fight that temptation, of course. We just can't fight it by trying to take control. We have to be very careful of how we're doing it. So again, I say that to say like, this is, this is the aspect of it right now, specifically that it affects me by, and by the blood of Jesus and by his grace, I have been able to find healing and to feel more whole and handling it. I have tools now, but it doesn't mean that the enemy still doesn't try to throw his arrows at me. So another part here, here's the tricky part. I do need to work hard and achieve goals as part of being a successful businesswoman and mom. And there are times when I have to persevere because stuff needs to get done. It's not like I can ever fully walk away from this lifestyle because, you know, a little hustle is good, right? Sometimes we just have to hustle to get stuff done. It's similar to what I'd imagine a recovered bulimic or anorexic must struggle with. And that you still have to eat every day. We still have to eat three times a day, but how do we approach food if we're struggling with those things? That's the question. So Yeah, we still have seasons where we have to work a little harder, where there's going to be more work to do. For example, this weekend, my oldest son is moving into a new apartment. Well, I know that we have lots of other things happening this weekend, but we're going to have to really hustle and step it up on Monday to help him move. And even though we'll probably be tired from these other things, it's just how this weekend has worked out. It's not every weekend is like this but we're going to have to push through a little bit this weekend to make sure that we have the garage in a place where we've cleaned everything out for him. Like he's, you know, gotten his stuff that he needs. It's going to take some work. And you, you and I know we just have seasons. It's not like we're saying every season has to be 
stress-free, we're going to have seasons where we have to intensify that effort. And that's where hustle is a good thing. But for me as a recovering workaholic, I have to make sure that first of all, those times are few and far between. And secondly, I have to make sure that when I start that road, I don't keep going on it. So like I would imagine, again, I don't know anything, trust me, I'm, I'm not an expert on bulimia or anorexia, but I would think that when you, obviously you have to eat, but what are you doing as you're eating? Do you eat that and then you keep eating and then you keep eating or, you know, or are you just eating and you're done? You're saying, no, I'm done. I'm full. It's like that with, for me, with workaholism, I have to, in these seasons where I do have to step it up a little bit because stuff has to get done. I have to ask myself, is this a a habit that's happening? And second, how can I not make this a habit? Meaning how can I get, not get sucked into this? Because if I'm not careful before I know it, I'll be like, Oh, well that felt really good to get that done. You know? So it is this battle. It is this battle of having it be sometimes a necessary part of life, but not letting it control us. And then last I wrote this part, like all addictions, it's an inner battle that usually no one else sees at least until the effects take place. It's one that's just between me and God. This is where my quiet time has been instrumental in keeping me on the straight and narrow with this because yes, I can have accountability. Yes, we need boundaries. But at the end of the day, I need to hear from the Holy Spirit if I'm overstepping my bounds and I need to let him tell me if I'm doing too much or if my body needs to rest or if I need a mental rest He needs to tell me those things and I need to be quick to obey when he tells me them, seeing them as good advice. Again, as I shared in the past, that wasn't good advice for me. That was, I think when I look at the the deeper mindsets now, I think what it really was about was somebody showing me that I wasn't enough and that I, I, you know, if I didn't, if I took a break, then there was something wrong with me. I couldn't handle it. And so there wasn't that security in knowing who I was, but knowing who we are in Christ is the foundation to help us step out and to say, no, I am not going to keep going on with this. I'm not going to change, you know, I keep doing this behavior and I am going to live differently. I'm going to live above this, but it's an inner battle. It's an inner battle that often comes through the quiet whisper of the Holy Spirit in a daily quiet time in reading the word and letting verses jump out on the page. And then the really tricky part, of course, because it's just between you and God is then deciding to obey it when that voice comes. So there is this inner battle. And so I am going to pray for you at the end of our time today. If you struggle with this, I'm going to pray for you in that inner battle, because it's really easy to let that inner battle be something that becomes triumphant over the actions you want to take. So um, we will pray for you in a second, but I wanted to end with one final thing. And that is the biggest sin for a workaholic is to be lazy. That's what I wrote. I think really the issue is that we're afraid of being seen as lazy. And I I have to continually knock this down because um, we talk about in the Christian mindset makeover, the idea of a bouncer that we have this boundary set up around these, these new mindsets that we create, but a bouncer is that person in the moment who says, no, that's not true. And let me tell you why. And we use something called ADD to help walk through that. So we acknowledge what it is that's causing, you know, why, why it makes sense that it's here, 
we acknowledge it, we deter, like discern it. We discern what's true about it, what's not true about it. And then we decide what we want to do after moving forward. And so for me in the laziness issue, I have to go, okay, why do I feel like this makes me feel like um, I'm going to be bad if I'm, you know, saying no to this to understand why that is. And then what's true about that. And then what's not true about that. Is it true that I'm being lazy? No. Is it true that God won't love me if I, if I don't accomplish this? No, you know, so because of that, I'm deciding to do X, Y, Z. So there's this process we go through, which I don't have time to go into too much here, but that's an overall of it. And it's important. It's important that we talk about that. Um, and we, we recognize again, that these are the, the first line attempts that the enemy tries to get in is just these little lies that come in. So friends, again, like we just said, this is an inner battle and so much of it is about mindset. So much of it is what that, cause that's, what's really what driving the show. If you look at how our thoughts form, there is an example that we call stepdar in the neural coaching model. And so it starts with a thought. That thought creates the emotion, the thoughts and the emotion combine to create a belief. That belief creates the decision, the decision creates the action, the action creates the results. As we work through that, we can say, if I want a different result, then I have to go all the way back to that thought. So if we don't want to stay stuck in workaholism or being per- needing to be perfect, we have to go all the way back to what is that mindset? What is that thought that's starting the whole chain of events? What is that? And that is what we get to the bottom of in the Christian Mindset Makeover. This is an awesome class. It is a nine-week boot camp of sorts where we take you through this process of what we call the thought transformation method of understanding what are those core broken soundtracks that are inside of us? How do they line up or not line up with the truth that God has given us about what our identity is in him? Once we figure out what those are and we really get to the bottom of those, talking about fear, talking about surrender, talking about what are some mindsets that we learned as kids and and especially around these issues of worth and identity and being enough and being loved, what are those messages that are hidden inside of us? And then using a tool called brain priming, we completely rewire over a 67-day process using these neural tools, we rewire the subconscious brain pattern so that When the brain has a new mindset to go to, it has that new thought driving the show that creates the belief, that creates the the decision and the action and the result. When we have that, it becomes so much easier to get in line with new ideas about, no, I can say no to this in terms of workaholism or no, I can think differently because our core subconscious mind has changed. So we create that through brain priming and then we cultivate and protect those thoughts through things like the bouncer, like I told you about, creating these boundary builders around the thoughts, which are habits that help keep a healthy mindset in place. And also through spending time with Jesus every day through the word and cultivating positive mindsets. So we give you specific, specific activities to do every single week to help you get to the root of these mindsets, to help you cultivate the positive mindsets, to help you build time with God. There's a Bible study that's built into the whole thing. It's really, truly a powerful program. And so if you struggle with this, with workaholism, and you really are like, I want to get to the the root of what's going on, I highly encourage you to check out the Christian Mindset Makeover. You can go to vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mindset dash makeover. You can either get on the wait list if we are not open right now for enrollment, depending on when you're listening to this, or you can sign up for the class directly. So again, that is the number one tool that I would tell you because it starts with the mindset. And if we can get to the root of that, this, this this training is the result 
of my one-on-one work with women through this process. And it's kind of a, of a bringing it all together in a boot camp style, learning this information, moving through the course. It's powerful. So check it out. All right. I promised I would pray with you at the end of this time together. So I want to lift you up and encourage you and ask God to help you through this process, no matter where you're at. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for the women listening. I thank you for their willingness to hear the stories of what it's like to struggle with these things and whether or not they struggle with them. I pray that they would have a heart to be able to see what's going on inside of them. What are the mindsets that are running the show for them, God? I thank you that you offer hope. You offer expectancy, right? You give us the ability to think of something great beyond the moment to be able to live beyond what we have right now. You give us a hope and a future and that future is good. Thank you, God, that you know these women and you're carrying them in the palm of your hands and that you want to give them a different way, that you're not there to tell them they're wrong, to tell them they're bad. You are offering conviction, which is loving, loving correction, loving just acknowledgement and seeing what's inside because you want them to be different. So Father, I pray you'd reveal those mindsets. I pray you'd allow them to see what's there, God. I pray they would see it and that Lord, they would have that inner conviction to say, I want to be different. I want to change. And then you would show them what they need to do to be able to make their first steps to change, God. I thank you that you are, are already making great changes in their life and that you will do even more than they can hope or imagine because you're a God who loves them and a God who takes care of them, God. So thank you for the women listening. And again, I'm excited to hear about what changes you're going to be making in their life because of what they're hearing in this episode or just in other areas about working with mindset and wanting to be different and wanting to change God. I thank you, God, for being real and for working in our lives. We love you. Amen. Amen, friend. Well, enjoy the rest of your week. And like I said, if this resonated with you, I highly encourage you to check out the Christian Mindset Makeover or stop on by Instagram and talk to me further about this. It's at Vibrant Christian Living. I would love to dialogue with you about this. Take care and I'll see you back here for next week's episode. Bye-bye.